Welcome to the Shared Sedek Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Here you'll find a live recording of just about every sermon, Devar Torah, teaching, or story from our Arab Shabbat and High Holy Day services. We know that you wish you could be with us more often, and we understand life getting in the way is not a bad thing. To live Jewishly is to understand that just as important as it is that Judaism happens in the synagogue, it's even more important to live Jewishly in your home and on your way. So here we are, in your home, on your way, maybe even on your morning run. If you ever have any questions or want to continue the discussion, let one of us know, and make sure you check out our live stream and YouTube channel for more ways that Sharid Sedek is available to you on demand. Keep an eye on your shofar and email so that when you're able, you can be with us as well. Looking forward to seeing you soon. If I would have known that, that we were going to have all these little ones, it, you're going to think I did know, except I would have read more of the book. Because Mark saw that this was on the podium, and he brought it out thinking that it was left from the Amy Gail Buckman preschool. And I said, oh no, this is for my sermon tonight. (laughs) Did you guys get this in the mail? Did you? So for those who don't know, PJ Library is an amazing resource through the Greenspoon Foundation that sends free Jewish books to children six months to eight years old. Most of the books are great. Sometimes, sometimes they miss. Um, sometimes they're not so relevant for our kids. Usually, it has to do with different ways of practicing Judaism. But this month's book was problematic for different reasons. Have you read it yet? So I'm going to start it for you. It's called, Is It Sukkot Yet? When leaves are all turning bright orange and red, and it's time for the rakes to come out of the shed. Can you all see the the colors and the pictures? Sukkot is on its way. When we wear cozy socks, and warm shirts with long sleeves to play with our friends in that cool autumn breeze, Sukkot is on its way. Now, the book goes on, and it does become about building a sukkah. But as we were reading the book last night, Eva looked at me and said, Daddy, they're talking about Pennsylvania, aren't they? (laughs) Now, I heard on the radio once that while up north, you know it's fall when the leaves are changing color, in Florida, you know that summer has ended when the license plates change color. Some of you have heard that before. We may not get the changing leaves and the cool autumn breeze, but we do see quite a few people escaping the cold many of whom have a second home in this warmer climate. The idea of a second home is explored by poet and professor emeritus in English at California State University, Gerald Laughlin, in his poem called Where We Are. But he sees the two-home phenomenon as more than just an escape from the cold. He writes... I envy those who live in two places, New York, say, and London, 
Wales and Spain, LA and Paris, Hawaii and Switzerland, I would add New Jersey and Bayshore, but Lachlan didn't have that, so we'll stick with his poem. There is always the anticipation of the change, the chance that what is wrong is the result of where you are. I have always loved both the freshness of arriving and the relief of leaving. With two homes, every move would, become, would be a homecoming. I'm not even considering the weather, hot or cold, dry or wet. I'm talking about hope. As we begin the seven-day celebration of Sukkot this weekend, and I hope you'll all join us at Armature Works on Sunday night, we celebrate a different kind of second home. But I think that the sukkah and the second home of snowbirds, in addition to beach condos and mountain cabins, all can represent Lachlan's second home, meaning more than simply changing weather or wearing different clothes. Lachlan speaks of the freshness of arriving and the relief of leaving. This feeling can be true of second homes, going on vacation, and of one's time in the sukkah. Just in case anyone doesn't know, um, since I didn't finish the book, <laughs> Sukkot is a biblical festival. It's in the Torah. It comes right after, five days after Yom Kippur. And the tradition is to build a hut or a booth outside one's home that Traditionally, and I think I talk about this later, but I wanted to make sure you knew what I'm talking about, you dwell in the sukkah for a week. And I'll talk about what that means. Hmm? Oh, it, it, it's called tabernacle, the Feast of Tabernacles, is that? Yes. Where was I? Some translations. Yes. Um, now, I, now I have to remember where I was. So, oh. So, oh, I wrote it. See, I didn't even trust myself. <laughs> so the freshness of arriving can mean many things. Whether or not we build a sukkah in our yard to complement our lulav and etrog, which we'll talk about next time, we can all appreciate the breath of fresh air that comes from spending time outside. We can all appreciate the feeling of accomplishment in actually using our backyard or deck or patio that we spend all year thinking we should be using more often. When it's a vacation, this may be the excitement of the unknown and the break from the regular day-to-day -day routine of our lives. We all can relate to some kind of freshness that comes out of arriving to something new. We also can understand Lachlan's relief of leaving. While we appreciate being out in the nature in our sukkah, we may get tired of swatting bugs away from our food. And while sleeping outside is always a nice idea, there's always the aching back and stuffy nose that comes the next day. Even with a vacation, the excitement of the unknown often becomes exhausting, and we realize our day-to-day -day life isn't as bad as we once thought. It's like the story of the man and his wife who complain that their one-room house is too small for them and their seven children. This is one of my favorite stories, and if you haven't heard me tell it, you will most definitely hear it again beyond this evening. 
But the story goes that they go to the rabbi saying, what should we do? And the rabbi tells them to bring in their cows, at which point they complain even more. If I were telling the story for real, I would have you make all the noises, but we won't do that tonight. (laughs) Then the rabbi tells them to bring in their chickens, and they complain to the rabbi again, who now tells them to bring in their goats. And finally, when the man and his wife are just about ready to find a new rabbi, the rabbi tells them to put the cows, the chickens, and the goats back in their yard, at which point their home suddenly feels quite large. The story, again, usually takes longer to tell and usually ends with the line, it could always be worse. But for our purposes tonight, we might be better off making that last line, it was never so bad to begin with. Whenever we leave home, no matter how exciting the reason, and often no matter how much we wanted to leave in the first place, there's almost always a relief in coming back. Now Sukkot, especially in America, often gets ignored when it comes to observance. Sukkot, Passover, and Shavuot are the three pilgrimage festivals in the Torah, and outside of the High Holy Days that just passed, These are the three most important holidays on our calendar. However, because of their timing, they're often overlooked. Shavuot usually falls just after school has ended and families are beginning their summer vacation. And Sukkot, just after Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, finds many feeling like they've had enough Judaism for the month. While kids enjoy the sukkah, the lulav, and the etrog, Many adults, especially those without small children, feel like there's nothing there for them. However, in the sukkah, we can find something to do and something to think about with this idea of a second home. First of all, building a sukkah may not be the easiest thing in the world to do, but it is doable. And I really do believe that all ages can gain value out of this experience. For those who do build a sukkah, there is nothing better than having friends, family, and neighbors over to share a meal in your second backyard home. That said, I am realistic and know that you're not all going to run home and go buy wood and nails to build a sukkah in your yard. But what we can do, even on the most basic level, is have a meal or two outside this coming week even if it is still a little humid. We can take the opportunity to appreciate the nature around us and to appreciate fuller the stability and comfort that we'll find later in our kitchen or dining room table. In addition, we can think about the value of Sukkot in relation to the high holy days that have just passed. While Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur are about looking back at who we were and thinking about the person we want to become, Sukkot allows us to embrace who we are and where we are. Whether we're moving south for the winter, building a second home in our backyard, taking a vacation, or simply settling in for another year, we can all take to heart the words of the poem and embrace and fully experience where we are. Sukkot also teaches us to acknowledge, however, that wherever we are at any given moment, We may be somewhere else tomorrow. There's anticipation, excitement, and hope. The sukkah, our ancient model for that condo on the beach, the cabin in the mountains, or our favorite hotel and our favorite destination, 
provides a physical representation of the paradox that lies within all of those locations. Sheltered, yet exposed. Stable, yet vulnerable. Comfortable, yet uneasy. Home, but not quite home. Often, this is where we find ourselves in life as well. Yet we pray that under whatever sukkah we find ourselves dwelling, whether we're embracing the freshness of arriving somewhere new, the relief in coming back to somewhere more known, or the ambiguity of awaiting the unknown, we pray that that sukkah may be a sukkah shlomecha, a shelter of peace, whether the weather is cold or warm, wet or dry, providing each of us with unwavering hope, as we say, Amen.